Okay. <laughs> Cheers. Welcome to Lila's, where we talk about all things sourdough. And also all things. I'm Rachel. And I'm Claire. And we're the Sour Sisters. just uh, enjoying the new summertime yeah getting well, outside your, getting some vitamin d is this your first true summer in chicago it is it is and it's uh just truly becoming summer in the last like five days i would say <laughs> even though it's june so it's it's got to be mind-blowing i know you didn't live in texas the last place you lived but because we met there just want to point out that it's been over a hundred degrees, like several days between, oh, sure. I don't know, April and now. I remember coming home from like Christmas break and uh, it being like in the eighties when I got off the plane in Texas and just being like, what is happening? <laughs> it just, it's honestly, when I lived there and I knew people who lived in the Midwest, I was always like, they were always shocked about the weather in Texas. And so I was, I was just like, yeah, but this is how it is. I never really thought about it. But now being here, it's really hard to comprehend how warm it is there. No, for sure. I see like crazy Midwestern people. I mean, they're fine, but they're wearing like shorts and stuff right now. And I'm still in like a cardigan and jeans. And I'm like, I'm enjoying this, but it's not. I need a light sweater. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Here's the thing. And yeah, I say this all the time, but, and I'm sure a lot of Midwesterners feel this way, but when it's May and you're upset because it hasn't really been that warm and maybe it even snowed yesterday and like whereas four days ago it was high 60s as soon as it breaks that like 50 degree mark if it just recently snowed I'll wear shorts like I'm fully out in shorts and a tank top yeah it's like oh there's sun we need the sun yeah and you're you've been so cold for so long that it just feels amazing but now it hasn't been consistently hot by any means but it's been consistently nice. Like now yes. the low is like mid fifties. So now 70 degrees is like, Oh, I need a light jacket. Like, it's just really interesting how quickly your mindset changes. I think from winter and like dying for 50 degrees to like, <laughs> Oh, it's kind of summer. I don't know. I need a light jacket. I don't want to be chilly. I want to be warm. Yeah. Soak up the rays and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is also a like a 10 degree difference to sit directly in the sun versus in the shade. It's very different, yeah. I'm used to it being like a blanket temperature regardless of where you're at, but that's not true here. In Texas, it doesn't matter if you're sitting under a tree, like at all. Mm-hmm. It's the same in Georgia. It's crazy. At least Georgia has more trees. It does have a lot of trees, but it's very humid, so it's like yes. arrestingly hot no matter where you are in relation to the sun. That's a lot of weather talk. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to have to cut this down. (laughs) What else is new besides the weather that we could talk to anybody about? Uh, That's basically it. Just, uh, you know, things are starting to open up a little bit here. So going to work more than I used to, or going to work, not instead of doing it from home, which is pleasant. 
chemistry. Yeah. Mixing chemistry. chemicals. Just pouring things into other things. That's basically nice. what, I mean, that's what sourdough is. It's true. I, I won't eat what I make at my job, but otherwise <laughs> it's pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. What about um, you? What's new with you? Well, it was exciting to go camping because that was the first time I left the house for like a significant period of time in like over three months. So that was really nice. Thanks, Thanks and for having us. <laughs> also, ever since we went camping, I've been researching hammock camping. And I know, I mean, I know we've kind of talked about this, but I'm like really looking into what it would take to go hammock camping and not be miserable. You need like a skeeter net, right? So you need a bug net. You need a rain cover. And then apparently there is some sort of thingamabob that allows for two hammocks to be next to each other. So hanging from the same two trees without being miserable. Like somehow you, I think there's like, like a, a bar bumper side. Well, it's got to be like a, I don't know. I, honestly, I didn't see it for myself. So uh, it was told <laughs> to me, but it's something I'm looking into that I haven't yet guess I didn't think it was worth looking into before I said this on the podcast but <laughs> I plan to look into it so I'll let you know um, yeah but it seems cool because like that's the only thing is I I find it like kind of sad to just be in a hammock completely by myself all night but obviously I'm not gonna like share it that would be extremely that's too much yeah <laughs> yeah um, but there's also a whole theory on like how you're supposed to lay in a hammock and to be up to be comfortable like to actually not hurt your back mm. so there's a bunch of youtube videos on like how to enter your hammock it's kind oh of like God. like you enter it perpendicularly like you sit you kind of open it up behind you and like sit in the middle mm -hmm. and then you turn your body then you do like a 90 degree shift and like lay straight back wait that's how i do it anyway so i don't fall like what do you what, what are you doing <laughs> Well, I feel like you might not really think about being in the exact middle of your hammock. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see. You I thought really you meant you somehow didn't need to sit down first. Like you were just oh, no, like I typically pulling just yourself like, into the... <laughs> I run and jump. Like ideally I have some sort of springboard and I do like a front flip and then just like... Very fancy. I mean, that's fancy. Yeah. Like that's my parkour. But if you had like the hammock tent set up, and it was just very tiny and packed down small. You could put it in a little bag. You could, like, just be a free agent and just wander around the world. I know. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I want to try it. So I, I want to do, like, what we did where we did car camping so your car's not too far and then put the tent sure. in there. I mean, you could also just set up the tent. So, like, if it's miserable, you just get in the tent. Mm -hmm. But it seems like a thing a lot of people do. It seems way easier to carry your stuff farther from the yeah. car like once you're comfortable with it mm -hmm. um yeah I don't know it seems really cool and you can be so much more in nature than a tent can be because in the tent you have to make sure you're on like even ground and that whole thing so I like it yeah that's what I mostly did the last three days <laughs> hammock research <laughs> Well, I like it's, it. it's, also, it's not too expensive either, which I appreciate. 
Yeah, yeah. Some of the like backpacking temps are like really expensive. Yeah, if you get, like I also did a little bit of a, a search into what a cool tent would cost and like what the point is of getting a cool tent. And they're kind of starting, if they're on like a list of, oh, best tents for this, they're like starting at $150. Yeah, at least, right? Yeah. The key is to get one of those Harry Potter tents where you like walk in and then it's like a whole house inside. I mean, do those exist? No. Okay. <laughs> but it'd be nice. But like there are tents where you're like, wait, there's so much space in there. Yeah. You can like stand up in them and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's it. And on the topic of weather, just sitting on our porch as much as possible and like very slowly as the sun sets like moving my chair inch by inch to like savor the sun Mm, absolutely it makes a huge difference for sure the sun is important the sun is important for lots of things it is yeah (laughs) um yeah so that's it sounds perfect What'd you make this week? I made some popovers. Two batches, one good, one bad. So get ready. (laughs) Oh, I kind of want to hear the bad first. I can do that. Okay. Am I tricking you you in? I was like trying to trick you into going first. I saw that, but I know that (laughs) you're sharing first. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So I made, are we ready? Are we getting into it? Like we're jumping in? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, at first. Okay. So I made coffee cake from the sourdough. And it was very exciting because it was my first time using discard for a recipe. Fancy. And I started with coffee cake on that King Arthur website that I feel like I'm most comfortable with. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because the time it took to take to make the coffee cake was like less than 40 minutes. And I've been really overwhelmed with like wanting to make so many things that I didn't make anything for like a good week. And I was like, oh, I should probably try to make something. So coffee cake seemed like an easy level one sort of recipe. It went in delicious. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I've had a coffee cake that's been bad. Although I'll get to that. I did make a second coffee cake. Oh. (laughs) it wasn't bad but it wasn't as good so the first one was so easy because as I've been feeding my sourdough my active sourdough which I'm still working on a name for by the way and I have way too many ideas which is exactly the problem with the recipe thing and why I ended up with coffee cake but I I made the coffee cake it was actually pretty easy you just use a little bit of this of the discard you add either vegetable oil or butter and then mix it up, I think, with some egg and maybe a little bit more flour and baking soda. So easy. Yeah, that's awesome. Sprinkled some brown sugar mixed with butter on top, put it in the oven. Like literally the easiest thing I've ever done. So it was delicious. And I thought to myself, this is a lot of butter. Maybe I should try to make it again with less butter. So... It said you could use vegetable oil instead. That's not necessarily true, as I've found out more and more in my baking experience. 
which is very little to start with compared to you. Well, it's not a competition. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, like, what would you say if you saw a recipe say you can exchange the, you can like do vegetable oil instead of butter? Uh, I mean, I would say it's definitely going to taste better if you use butter, uh, but it's not as healthy. But <laughs> so, but, I mean, like, I don't think it's like, it's not like this is going to be garbage if you don't use butter, but I mean, when has butter made a recipe worse, you know? <laughs> Totally. But I mean, no one ever told me that it makes the texture so much worse. The texture is different. Yeah. Well, because like butter is, you know, like a solid at room temperature versus oil is not. So like it just sort of like messes yeah, with that aspect of it. Yeah. Well, I, I really like that the Internet gives you alternatives to make things healthier or not healthier slash delicious if you want them to be whichever way you want to be on the spectrum. But <laughs> I uh, was like, I want this recipe to be more unhealthy. <laughs> well, I want this recipe to be, like, I wouldn't say unhealthy. I would say you either want it to be healthy or you want it to be, like, for sure delicious. Sure, yeah. Well, I will and say that applesauce, though, is a good medium. Because the texture yeah. is pretty good when you use applesauce instead of butter. I've been pleasantly surprised by that in the past. So I think that's going to be my plan. I'm going to make coffee cake with applesauce. So when I used the vegetable oil instead of butter, I did a little bit of Greek yogurt. Oh, yum, yum, yum. Yeah, with the vegetable oil. So like, well, I don't know, maybe this will give it a little bit more than just vegetable oil. And it was fine, but I also used Greek yogurt instead of butter to mix with the brown sugar that you sprinkle on top. So mm. like very different. And so it ended up making more of kind of like a crystallized icing. Oh, that's kind of like yummy though. I like that yeah. texture. Yeah, so I think the only thing I would have done different in the quote-unquote healthy coffee cake, which, like, very obviously is not that healthy, but it made me feel better <laughs> about eating it at 7 a.m. with my coffee. I think, and this defeats the purpose, what I'm about to say, but if we did a layer <laughs> of, of cream cheese icing in the oh middle. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because that was the Because coffee thing. cakes can get dry, right? Like, that's... Right. Did you have right. that problem at all? Yes, like the regular recipe with butter, so delicious. Like every single part of that that coffee cake was delicious. But when I started getting crazy with the vegetable oil and the Greek yogurt, it didn't taste bad, but it definitely tasted more "quote unquote" healthy. So, and, like, <laughs> and also dry. I mean, also dry. So I think that like a cream cheese icing just in the middle would be so delicious. I mean, that sounds divine, for sure. You're, like, so, getting pretty close to cinnamon roll territory at that point. Yeah, yeah. But again, maybe you can, I can make myself feel better by being like, yeah, but, like, there's barely any butter, so. And not that I'm against butter for any reason than, like, oh, it would be fun to make this with something else other than butter. Well, it's, yeah, it's fun to experiment with different, like, textures and flavors and just to and we'll see what happens. Yeah, the moral of the story is that I'm not a baker, and I therefore, like, I either follow the recipe or I just don't bake. So it's really fun to kind of branch out and try different ingredients, even if it doesn't make as good of a thing. That's a learning experience. Yeah. What did you make? Well, I uh, made some popovers. Um, there was also the King Arthur website, Shout out, big ups. 
Uh, yeah, are they going to pay for an advertisement on our... Yeah, they should sponsor us. Yeah, um, we may... <laughs> they're foundational. Yeah, they're very good. Um, they have a very good, like, basically, like, um, website that's just, like, a page of discard recipes. Um, so it's really cool that that's there. And we'll put that on our Instagram. I'll link to that. But um, the popovers seem to chill uh, for a lot of the reasons that you decided to make that coffee cake. It was a pretty short recipe. It didn't take very many ingredients. It's just milk, eggs, um, some of your discard, salt, and then flour. So, and it's done in like uh, half an hour. So it's like, why, how, you know, what, why not? Let's try this. Um, right up my alley, 30 minutes. The problem is, uh, not a problem. <laughs> the situation is that <laughs> it seemed boring by itself. I should have just made the regular recipe first, but I got a little ambitious. Um, my partner really likes uh, to have interesting baked goods, so I just thought that I would try to make something interesting right off the bat without trying the regular one first. Uh, so I was experimenting, which is fine, but uh, my first try actually turned out really, really good. Um, I made jalapeno cheddar popovers. So it was those ingredients I just listed, plus I just uh, diced up some jalapenos and some cheddar cheese. And like cheddar the, cheese from a block? Uh, it was like um, like a slice, like the slices, but I took two of them and then diced that uh, into like little squ- little tiny squares. So that would be in tell me, pieces. Tell me it was a craft single. No, cheddar cheese. <laughs> oh, that's not cheddar cheese? No, that's American <laughs> cheese. Okay, okay, okay. It doesn't okay, melt okay. the same. There's nothing wrong with liking American cheese. It just doesn't melt quite the same way. Okay, um, good to know. Good to know. Because it's like kind of processed um, versus like regular cheese, you know, melts like you would expect like like on top of like a pasta bake or something, the way that cheese melts right. or a pizza. Um, so I put, I put them in uh, and it was really cool because they weren't, you put the muffin tin in the oven while preheating it. So the muffin tin is really hot. You pull, pull it out of the oven and you put your popover mix in. Uh, while it's hot, which is kind of weird already. Uh, and then you put it back in the oven, and you could immediately see them, like, pop. So it was really cool to watch that. Um, but all the mix-ins were like a, like a volcano. Like, they all came out right in the middle, which was pretty oh, cool, man. too. So it was like a cheese volcano, which was really all I could ever want out of life. Amazing. But they came out of the oven, and they were so good. It was, like, the most delicious thing I've ever eaten in my life. And so I was like, this recipe is bomb, and I can improvise right off the bat. So I'm just going to turn right around, and savory baked goods are good, but sweet baked goods are better, and I'm going to improvise a sweet one <laughs> right off the bat. I'm just going to make <laughs> some stuff up because this works so well. Yes, uh, this, you your go. Things took a turn. <laughs> I got two bowls. <laughs> uh, you can always go too far, <laughs> basically, is the moral know. of the story. Yes, but you learn from your mistakes, right? Yes, yes. So we'll, we'll get into what I learned. I learned a lot about chemistry, which was fun. Um, but basically, I didn't have any good ingredients in my house because of you know, the quarantine, try not to go to the grocery store just on a moment's notice. It was also like, you know, a Sunday morning or something. So I was just sort of, whatever I have in my cabinet, I can make a sweet version of this. And I had nothing. I didn't have any dried fruit. I didn't have any like nuts or anything good. So I decided to make chocolate popovers, but I don't really like chocolate very much. So I don't bake with it a lot. Um, 
So I don't know a lot about the properties of cocoa other than I do know that it's acidic. Um, so I basically tried to find a chocolate pancake recipe because the batter is similar uh, and sort of like guesstimate based off of that. So I was already really in over my head <laughs> just <laughs> hoping it would turn out good. So uh, cocoa is pretty acidic. So normally if you're going to make pancakes or something, you add some baking soda, which is basic to try to balance that out you don't end up with something crazy and so that you also get a good rise because um, if they're too acidic or too basic the rise of things is going to be weird uh sourdough starter is also quite acidic so i thought i was worried it wouldn't rise properly if i added like something basic like baking soda or baking powder uh so i just improvised <laughs> it turned out yeah. super dry and very sour it was very acidic because milk is also acidic um so it was like acid 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 all the time it also didn't really rise. That's well. different. Acid, acid, acid all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish, <laughs> but um, it uh, it didn't rise the best either because like the pH of the batter was like really funky at that point. Um, so it was kind of flat, uh, and I also wanted it to be sweet, but not like a like super sweet. So I tried to improvise on the sugar, and I underestimated, which is better than overestimating. I maintain. But to make up for that, then tried to make like a glaze on top with Luxardo and powdered sugar and milk. So it's like a cherry oh, glaze. This is exciting. You went <laughs> The glaze, I wish I went with crazy. You went to so some places. <laughs> the glaze wasn't bad, but it needed like a ton because the popper was so dry. Like it, like, so it ended up being like you could taste the glaze on top. And then once you got to the middle of the popover, it was just like sandpaper. <laughs> um, so basically... Take home message. Don't try to change too many things at once unless you're really comfortable with what you're doing. Like if I worked with chocolate all the time, I feel like I would know more about it, but I don't. So I don't. So the chemistry of food, it can be finicky, it can be tricky, but it's fun to try new things and then think about why they may be failed. That's like the fun part of it is I spent a long time on the internet figuring out what is in like all of the ingredients that could have caused such <laughs> catastrophic results. I just want to say that unbeknownst to us, we kind of have a theme, which is that we didn't just change one thing at a time. We repeated the recipe. We just went. We did bad science. <laughs> well, but, but like, this is great because. Yeah, yeah. It just worked out that we had both of the same thing. <laughs> but then you ended up spending time, like, understanding the chemistry of it, which, like, oh, yes. Like, bow down to you. Amazing. I just ate more of the bad coffee cake, like thinking, how could this be better? Like it was just a lot of like <laughs> trial by taste, I guess. And I didn't even. Well, that's how food chemistry like came to exist. Like people made things and were like, oh my God, what the. <laughs> and then, I like, think this podcast is going to be our journey to becoming food chemists together. Like. Yes. That if I was going to go into chemistry out of all the sciences, I Chemistry was my least favorite. Besides organic chemistry, but that's ah! not chemistry. That's not my that's not chemistry, in my opinion. Like basic chemistry, chemistry 101. It is no? so different. But you need the base you need that base no, to understand. I, are, no, you can fail that, but base <laughs> organic. But my point is also nobody needs organic unless you're gonna do something very specific. It's critical thinking skills. I yeah, I could true. go on a pedagogical soapbox for a really long time about this. Well, about I, how anybody doing a thing needs to take it, but it's fine. We don't need to get into be, that here. Is this gonna be your food for thought? Because I'm all in for this. I had a more fun food for thought, but I, I can go on a soapbox. No, it's okay. Save it. Every pre med kid, no offense, whoever yelled at me they didn't need the class and <laughs> how 
But see, I was the pre-med kid, which I guess is why I didn't end up being pre-med, that had the opposite belief, that I agree with you that organic chemistry, the reason why I say it's not regular chemistry is because it's actually more of a critical thinking. Yeah, it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle practice. Yes, but I just didn't like regular chemistry because it was just a bunch of like, I don't know why, it just didn't hit me well. But like physics and calculus and biology, all great, but. Different strokes for different folks. I'm not really a physics lady, but I'm glad that people know how to do it. (laughs) It's just not for me. (laughs) But all this to say that food chemistry seems really cool. It does seem really cool. Really cool. And uh, so just to shout out to a different podcast, uh, there was a Judge John Hodgman episode where Alton Brown was the guest like witness or whatever. But in any case, these ladies were arguing, it was a mom and a daughter, about canning practices because the mom wanted to do, like, like handed down from, like, her grandmother, like, how you can things. And the daughter was like, no, like, this is not what I read on the internet as a best practice, essentially. I'm, I'm really bashing I love this it. episode. No, this is great. But the point was, it was, like, really interesting because it was basically, Alan Brown came in to be like, you're talking about the same things. It's just like, like, oh, like, we've handed this information down from generations and we never use the chemistry terms or whatever, but it's the same thing. Like it's just whether you know the chemistry of it or not, like people know how to do this stuff. That's why bakers have been baking forever. So it's, right. kind of, it's interesting to, to retcon it and think about the chemistry behind it, but like you can still be an excellent baker and not be a chemist or vice versa. You can be a good chemist yeah. and a really bad baker. <laughs> you can be a biologist and not a bad and not a good baker. But you can, but you can definitely also be both because you're a very good baker. It sounds like. I think the reason why I'm in biology or in nursing, that might be different. I don't want to say that nursing is living in the gray area, but biology, (laughs) the study of biology and just like humans in general, because we can't run unethical experiments. There's a lot of gray area, and I love to live in the gray. So like baking for me. The reason why a lot of things don't turn out well is because I would, I'm happier in the gray area than I am like following a very precise recipe. So I don't know. It's like art. You got to know the basics so that you don't like do something crazy, but then break the rules. Like that's the whole point is to see if, oh, I made a bad cake. Cool. You start over and figure out what you did and do something more interesting next time. Yeah. Well, and I actually, I was going to say, I really appreciate your savory popover recipe because I one of the reasons why I haven't ever baked and why sourdough latched on more than other baking is I don't really like sweet stuff so I'm with you on the chocolate thing yeah chocolate's not good but but I am a sweet person I just make the you are a sweet you are a sweet person I'm so sweet no (laughs) uh but uh (laughs) I have learned to bake savory things in order to keep the people in my household happy and that's been a fun journey too because I never baked savory things until like recently. I mean, the popover sounded really good. And I like that they actually pop over. My question. It's very fun. My main question is, I mean, maybe you don't have the answer because you didn't make this, but I imagine that you've had a popover in the past. <laughs> I have never had a popover in the past, but for some reason I feel like you have. What does a regular popover taste like? I think it's like a, like kind of croissanty. Cause like okay. the whole thing about it popping over is that it like gets really airy. Um, and so it doesn't have, it's not puff pastry. So it doesn't have those like crisp layers mm-hmm. like a croissant, but it's the same. It's just like, like a bread that tastes yummy and light. So do 
obviously not all popovers start from sourdough. So like you just start with flour. You would need like yeast and uh, oh, okay, sure. like probably baking soda or baking powder. Just another way to get bubbles in there. Right. I, I don't know for sure. I've never actually made them, but um, that's my guess. Yeah, you need a rising agent. I feel like eventually once I run out, I don't think you run out of sourdough recipes, but like if you, if you like nothing really strikes you, it's interesting. I feel like eventually I just want to, I've never made a regular coffee cake that wasn't from a box. It would be interesting to compare like a sourdough coffee cake to one that I somehow make that isn't horrible. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the, for way, me, the way you said that made it sound like I agree that you're just horrible. <laughs> I don't know what I meant. <laughs> no, I mean, I just feel like the one thing I really love about the sourdough, if anyone's interested in actually starting their own sourdough, for me, it's, it seems easier to start like to use recipes that start with your discard or your active starter because it's kind of a lot already. Like you're already starting from a really good place. Whereas like making something from total scratch seems daunting to me. But I don't know. That's, that's fair. No, no, I mean that's that's fair. Cuz like it's like a the barrier to entry is like very high. Right. But if you've already kind of been taking care of the sourdough then you have a vested interest in doing something cool with it. And it's kind of fun just to be like, pull this out of the fridge and then whip something up with it. Yeah, for sure. I looked at the popover thing though really quick. And it's just like, you usually would just whip eggs. Like, so that's where you get your volume from. It's from like. Right. Yeah. Getting those eggs fluffy. So. I think I shouldn't try that until I have an actual beater. Yes. For your hand strength. But also I, I, that scares me. That's a part of baking that I'm not very good at. Cause like it deflates too easily. I feel scared of it with the yeast. Like like you have like, it's like stronger already cause you're depending on the yeast to blow things up versus like if the eggs get deflated, then nothing happens. So do you use your KitchenAid typically? I would personally, but you don't have to like this recipe literally says like use a blender if you don't have like a stand mixer for popovers amazing i haven't yeah. tried that yet well like, for the ones that use eggs not the ones oh sure that okay use starter. fair 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 i've no, always... no, for the, the yeast ones i don't use, i just use a spoon like yeah it's fine with any of your sourdough stuff do you use a, your kitchen aid do you find that you use it a lot Specifically i used for it for the things? bread um to like get a bread dough going so that it can do like the first part of the kneading work for me, like the hard, hard part. And then I take over. Okay. Cause I have like I the know. bread hook attachment. Right. But Thank people have been making bread without a KitchenAid for, that's you know, long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's true, but I'm just wondering like, will KitchenAid give us like a coupon code, you know? Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsorship. <laughs> we need sponsors. Yeah. Um, okay, so speaking of shouting out to other podcasts, I do, that is kind of my, it leads me to my food for thought. Okay. Food for thought. So, <laughs> NPR One is like pretty much my go-to if I don't want to sit there and scroll through a bunch of podcasts that like I've been meaning to listen to, but it's basically podcast world has become Netflix. Like I just sit there and I'm like, well, I don't have a lot of time to listen to podcasts. I'm just going to keep scrolling. And then I end up doing NPR one because it just forces me to listen to whatever's next. And I stumbled upon a podcast called love your sourdough starter in Stockholm. You can hire a sitter for it. (laughs) And I know I I sent this to you and yes. And I have so many thoughts, (laughs) so many thoughts. And 
And we can definitely get into all of that. I will say that then I took a deep dive into other NPR specials, specifically on sourdough. So oh and, and and adjacent things. So like one time in an old podcast, we mentioned Amish bread, and I think you looked <laughs> into it a little bit. They even have some on Amish bread. So between the years 2006 and April 2020, probably because of quarantine and everyone, like including us, jumping on the bandwagon of having a sourdough starter, there have been like five to seven podcasts specifically about sourdough, and there's one oh my gosh. about Amish bread. But like. So they have the Sweden has a hotel for sourdough starters. There's one on the most recent one is so your sourdough starter failed. That's okay. Science needs it. I didn't even. Yes, have time. I read that. I Did read you? that. Okay, that's what got, that's, that is the reason I started my sourdough starter. Was that article? Stop it! I didn't know it, that. I swear to God, yeah, because I, I read it and it was like to, I just want the <laughs> listeners to know we didn't plan this. Like no, really we did true. not plan this. No, it's literally there's this because I read it and I was like, oh, like. Because I just heard it was kind of hard, and I was like, "Well, I don't really want to deal with that." And then I had all this free time, and then I read the article, and it was like, "Oh, like it just depends on your water and your air, and like anything could go wrong." But even if it goes wrong, like they want to know why, so they can kind of study like what's Who's they? What, what's in Who's your they? water. Scientists, you know, <laughs> the science. But there's like general scientists that are saying, um, like, "No, it's some research group." I want to say it was at Duke. I might have made this up but there's some research group somewhere who's who's like just analyzing like water basically water quality and air quality and stuff like that to see in flower content you know what's in the flower but so i read it and was like oh this is fun even if it fails like i'll blame the water and go from there wait so if it fails you can send is the goal to send part of your sound well it was during the the, i think the quarantine already happened so if i it's like you like send descriptors to them I'm sure they ask very specific questions, but they want to know like exactly what it looks like, what it smells like, what, where you live, you know, what kind, did you use tap water? Was the window open? I don't know. Things like that. So if I nail them a Tupperware of my sourdough, they're not, they're not going to think it's anthrax or something. (laughs) Right. Like that, they're not actually accepting like a part of your sourdough to then like do some crazy experiments on and figure it out. It's more just like, I think it's like a data collection kind of thing. Got it. Okay. But like questionnaire data collection, like, oh, because everyone's sense of smell is going to be different. It's been a long time since I read this article, April 22nd. It feels like it's been 100 I just want to say, I just want to say that. I did collect the titles of all these podcasts, but I decided I didn't have time, even though they're all like two to five minutes to listen to all of them. So I just thought it was interesting and I was going to send our listeners and myself on a mission to listen to all of these because it seems yes. like NPR is super yes. into sourdough. But I Get love that it. you actually listened to the, the thing that I was just bringing attention to. And I didn't even listen. Well, to I, I read it. <laughs> well, or, I don't even read it. Like, thank you. So thank you for giving us that extra yeah I, I highly endorse it yes this is a good list you've collected oh my goodness i mean the okay. nerds of the world <laughs> so there's another one called i just this is my last thing sourdough okay. colon more than bread which so powerful i'm already you already that. got me <laughs> yeah i mean that should have been our slogan like i can't believe we went with love you like a sour sister that's just like this <laughs> more seems than like bread. Yeah. it's more than bread okay i could see it being like a like a kid's show commercial. Uh, it's more I was thinking than more than words. That like 90s oh, song. Oh, sure, sure. But I, you probably already knew this, but sourdough is from the times of like ancient Egypt, which is just cool and crazy to think about. But 
It was likely, this is very exciting for my biology nerds, because dough was left out. And this is what I love about the podcast. They said good microorganisms, aka wild yeast, drifted into the mix. One, that sounds so effortless and lovely. Two, <laughs> I feel like people are scared of microorganisms because it sounds like bacteria and like infection. What well, is bacteria? Right. I mean, it's all, it, bacteria is like generally good, but people don't yeah, think about that. Yeah. It's like chemicals. Like it's the whole like, oh no, like we want chemical free things. It's like, mm, mm, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, please, please like tell me what's chemical free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And how that would be good all the time. I don't know. But wild yeast. Oh, I love that. It's just. I don't know. No, it, it sounds just puts so nice. such a, a beautiful spin on sourdough and also biology and microorganisms and wild yeast. And well, it's cool that people like harnessed that. Yeah. And I just want to say that like maybe a yeast infection is actually just beautiful. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's, it's natural. It's, it's your wild yeast. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm going to call it next time. I think I have a wild yeast. I think I started some sourdough. <laughs> also, I think sourdough gone wild is oh, also kind of a great. I like that. I don't know if it's a name. Ooh, but like, it's just my like my that. personal slogan, <laughs> like my, my sourdough's personal like tagline. Yeah, I like it. Sourdough gone wild. Mm-hmm. It's like the underground sourdough world. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, so yeah, like, no no rules, like, no no regulations. It's all wild. Oh, yeah. It's, they get crazy down there. The sourdough underworld. So that's it. That's it's, my food for thought. Completely derailed. So No, it's perfect, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for yelling in the middle of it. <laughs> Please. Well, Long my welcome. food for thought. Wait, I'm sorry, what? Oh, yelling is welcome. That's what I, oh, I yelled at great. you. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> Well, uh, my food for thought, I'll get to in a second, but just to be political for a second, we can take this out if you want to, but we talked about chemical free and I just want to take a second to talk about chemical free tear gas is not a real thing. Um, opposed to what our attorney general might say. Uh, but anyway, um, my food for thought is much more low key than that. (laughs) But, but okay. But if we're going to be on this for just a second, I mean, I just want to say, first of all, black guys matter, but also, I honestly would rather have like as many less followers, listeners, whatever you want to call them, than have people who don't believe in that and aren't willing to look past like the surface level of what's going on right now to actually understand the root of all of this. Like, bye. I'm sorry. You can start a Saturday, sure, but yeah. you don't have to listen bye. to this podcast. Listen to a different one. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Go away. No. <laughs> There's that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for that. What I'm about to say is super lame now. <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's going to be super lame anyway, but I mean, now I feel like it's it's coming down off this, like, <laughs> important, like, moral high ground, and now it's like, well, uh, I learned a new card game. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, amazing. Um, it's hard to find two player card games that have any strategy to them. Yes. Uh, and I learned one today called Schnapsen. It's a weird Austrian card game for two players. That is uh, quite fun. So if you've never heard of it, look it up. It's super easy to learn, super easy to play, and like has like a decent amount of strategy to it. It's pretty fun. So how do you play? That's my food for that. There's like um, it's like sort of like euchre for two people, sort of. Oh, like you're on your own team, but there's like trump, and you only play with like the ace through ten. So nines aren't in there like euchre, but um, otherwise, 
and there's like two route like two set parts of it where like sometimes you don't have to play the same suit and then later on you do and it's like pretty fun I love that is there a way for us to learn I mean I guess we can play in the park but I need to learn this because the two I think it's game. online based on uh the googling that was happening and that's so it seems like there's a way to play online quarantine game we should do that yeah I agree so I know people for- should look up this game it's a time to like distract yourself when you can not not from always like you need to stay plugged in too but if you need to distract yourself a little bit take a take a breather learn a new weird card game yeah you should do like 99 percent research on how to be a better person and make people around you better and then one percent card game yes yes and if you are a gamer look into spirit island highly recommend have you played no, I just not. Okay. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode. Hey, Rachel. Hey, what? I love you like a sour sister. Lilas. <laughs>Well, really, thanks for listening. Please subscribe. Don't be afraid to make some sourdough. You can do it.